Hello and welcome to the Shambles United podcast. This is your host Pranav Shahani. I've got two guests with me today as usual. I have a favorite and all-time favorite Karan Advani. He's joining us for our third episode and we have Krishna Chaitanya who's making his first appearance here. And just to make things easier, I'm going to call him Casey from now on. So basically this episode is going to be about Edinson Cavani and his impact at at the club we'll discuss how united got him whether we should keep him how the season has been so far and what the future holds for our number 9 position so before we start talking about cavani i think it's best to talk about where we left off last episode we spoke about the spurs game and i was one who said that it's going to be a one all draw and karan rightly predicted it's going to be a 3-1 so i'll just come to you first what do you think of that game and what made you go for the 3-1 prediction Uh, firstly, it feels so good to beat a Mourinho side. Like it's something that really soothes all of us United fans after the final year he gave us. But uh, like I said in the previous episode, I was going for a three-one prediction, which is quite bold because over the past few weeks we found it a little tricky to break down a low block, and uh, I just got the feeling that we might be able to nick an early goal. and uh, while spurs come out to attack us they are weak defensively where bruno or pogba or probably greenwood could end up scoring a couple more and i was sensing a goal that we would concede so hence i said 3-1 and uh, coming to you casey what did you make of the game did you think it was going to go so well or were you surprised by a few things ole did I mean honestly I was a little skeptical about how the game would go but the way we started off I was really you know optimistic about how it would end up I thought we could probably nick a 2-0 if we are uh, you know clinical enough but uh, honestly speaking the first 20 minutes we showed a lot of grit and uh, at that point uh, you know sp- uh, like you know it, it it it's basically uh, what do you call it? you cannot basically talk about the game without talking about the refereeing in that game you know uh, like i think that is that has to be the main talking point if you're talking about the spurs game that uh, foul that son took up uh, to basically deny the goal and that shambolic refereeing uh, even after going to the var and not being shown the actual frame before uh, the uh, the foul that was just proper uh, you know it just irritated me to the point where i just turned off my tv and i stopped watching the game for the first half rest of the first half that was how irritated and uh, pissed off i was right after spurs scored the goal uh, you know within the next 5 minutes and after that i think the moment second half started uh, we're talking in a lot of groups and everyone's like you know uh, come back on we we've, we've, we've basically showing a character that is Uh, you know a uh, reminiscent of the old times like the way united usually respond to going a goal down and since then it was just pure character like you know i think there was uh, if you watch space jam uh like how bugs bunny puts in that uh, portion uh, like it's just a water bottle is said you know michael jordan's secret stuff and uh, everyone just drinks it and thinks that they've got superpowers that's basically how uh, you know i feel like our players came back on to the pitch after that second half or for that second half and basically turned the game around we basically showed mourinho uh, you know and his side that you know we've got more character we've got more possess and we've got more finesse than he'll ever have 
Absolutely. And, you know, speaking about Jose as in typical Jose fashion at the end of the game, he blamed the refs. He said that Pogba should have been sent off. So what do you guys make of that? Was he just a sour loser or did he have any points? Did he have any merit to what he was saying? Karan, uh, oh, you want to answer that? Yeah. Uh, I thought he was clutching onto straws. He wanted to divert the talking, like the, the media and like fans in general from speaking about the game. Like Pogba rightly said today. It's just a Mourinho thing to do. And uh, I do feel that the elbow... Uh, decision, it may be you could have given a yellow to Pogba because it seemed quite rough, but uh, it, it would have been too harsh to send him off for that. It, would, it really would have been a ridiculous that, something. Uh, it could have been a decision that we gotten used to ever since Klopp made those penalty claims against United. We faced a lot of howlers. Yeah, Casey, what do you make of it? Uh, honestly, it's just Mourinho being Mourinho, like, you know, clutching at straws, trying to divert attention from the fact that his team lost shamefully, not just lost a fair game of football, but like a pretty, uh, you know, uh, unprofessional display from the entire Spurs squad, which, like, you know, especially considering the fact that the player in question for the goal that got, that got disallowed was... Uh, Hume Ming Son was one of the more respected people in that entire Spurs squad. Uh, it just goes to show that you know uh, Mourinho would do anything to take attention away and taking responsibility from his team's defeat, which he was pretty prominent at doing even at United. You know he would blame the players. Uh, whenever you lose, it's one of the players or the referee's fault. Whenever you win, it's all his credit. It just goes to show that, you know, uh, he's lost his touch. And honestly, uh, like Karan said, it would have been a yellow. But even most football pundits basically just agree on the fact that it would never have, it should never, and it could never have been a red. I'm so, I'm so glad that, uh, you know, all of us are uh, in agreement with the fact that uh, Mourinho was really toxic presence at United. And I'm so glad that as a club and most of our fan base has now moved on from him. So, I would like to... I would not be so sure about that. <laughs> There's I mean, still a huge fragment <laughs> that is still, you know, uh, Jose in Ole out. Well, we have a few few of those crazy fans, but what can we do about it? I think that... Yeah, I, I, just, I just wanted to make a point about, uh, like you mentioned, Mourinho being really toxic at the club. Uh, one of the things I really want to credit Ole on is the fact that we have the ability to come back from misery. We have the knack of going on these freakish runs of winning 8, 9, 10 games in a row. Uh, and like we've been undefeated for 23 away games now. So, you know, one of the things I want to credit him for is like we've noticed a lot under second season Jose at United when we finished second that we would take leads and then sit back and hold those leads. Maybe because of Deaya or whoever. Uh, but one of the things that Ole has really improved at the club is the fact that we can go down and we can come back from misery. And that's something that we didn't have with Mourinho because Mourinho's plan B to get a goal was to throw Fellaini on top and just hope we win the second ball and end up scoring. So, I mean, credit to all uh, of that. Right. Like, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm pretty sure you both know that I'm an ardent Fellaini fan and Fellaini did his best whenever he was <laughs> thrown into that position. But, uh, like, you know, it, it's a testament to the character that the team now has under Ole that we've won, what, 28 points from losing position? 
that would be a pipe dream under Mourinho. Like you know, honestly speaking, whenever we went down or even the team equalized in the 80th minute, if we were leading and then the opponent scored and they equalized, I would be afraid that we would lose the game. And right now, I'm like you know, when I watch United play, I feel like okay, even if we go a goal down early, it's like your funeral, bro. Uh, you basically called us on to be more, uh, you know, clinical in terms of finishing, and uh, you know, we, we basically we have it, we have what it takes, and we have the uh, you know character to go ahead and score two or three more. And you know, looking, you know, if you compare the tactics, both both managers in big games like to sit back and then play on the counter attack. But the way Jose did it, his style, it wasn't fluid; it was just playing long balls. But with Oli, you can actually see that when we are counter attacking, there's a build up, there's some plan to it. The players are moving in, the wide men are coming in. We have the full fullbacks overlapping. Under Jose, nobody had that kind of freedom to, you know, just bomb forward. So I think Ole has really changed the mentality of so many players. And Luke Shaw, for one, nobody thought that he would, uh, you know, make make the sort of comeback that he has. And credit to Ole for that. He just changed around his uh, entire game, and now he's the favorite to be England's left back at the Euros. So I mean, Ole deserves all the credit for that. Yeah, but Pranav, I had to ask you a question about uh, the big game, the big game argument. Uh, don't you think United have been a lot more free flowing this season against the top six rather than last season? Because last season I felt we played to our strengths, we were countering, but this season I noticed that we really try to play the game. We try to take the game. We did it to City. We did it to Chelsea. So what do you think about that? I think yes, things have changed. They are much better than last season, and you can see our position on the table as well. We've gotten some really good players, and thankfully we've got. Bruno and that's someone we didn't have in the in in and last season before uh, before Jan. So I feel that with Bruno, the team just feels like they are going into the game with a one nil lead. They are playing with that kind of confidence because they know that if they have a bad game, if they concede the odd goal, they have a player like Bruno who's going to turn things around. And then there are players around him who are just working towards him. You have Rashford making those kind of runs. You have Cavani making those runs. You have uh, McTominay and Fred whenever they are playing, just holding holding back. So. Everyone seems to be understanding their position better than they did last season, and that's only going to happen when you have a manager who's been at the club for two and a half years now. So I feel that uh, he, we are right to give him time. Although I was pretty skeptical when things were getting bad before Bruno came, but now I'm glad that the club's stuck with him, and I'm, I think that we need one more good season, and we might be able to t- uh, contend for the title again. Again, Pranav, you forgot one big name. The main door lock that we've been trying to unlock for the last four and a half seasons. <laughs> Pogba. That guy looks like a different player now, right? Okay, I just I just hope all... he I just hope he doesn't get injured again, man. Oh yeah, that, that's one thing. But uh, you know, thankfully, yeah, touch wood. Let's let's hope he doesn't. But honestly speaking, like the attitude that Pogba has on the pitch now is very, very clear. Like, you know, uh, I am a huge criticizer of Pogba and his attitude. Like, you know, he is very lax. He takes too much time on the ball. He loses position way too easily when pressured. He doesn't have, uh, like, you know, a pass at the time when it's needed the most. But, uh, you know, off late, he's been showing character that, uh, you know, caused or that, that basically made him be valued at 80 million. Like, one of the most, uh, like, expensive midfielders of all time, right? So, he's been showing that character and now, with while he's playing with Bruno, he's become a lot more confident. I mean, he still loses ball, uh, uh, like the possession, way more than someone in his position with his experience should do. But he's, he's showing that character and 
you know, just to go back to the point that you were mentioning that, you know, two and a half years under the same manager, Luke Shaw and everyone else, it just is a testament to the fact that Ole has basically brought out that team culture. Now we look like a team that's playing. Like it's yeah. it's not just a bunch of 11 dudes that have been put up on the pitch by the manager and they're just playing to try and score a goal. It's no longer that. Like, you know, I, I've mentioned this a million times under uh, Jose, under LVG. It just seemed like, you know, it's, it's just a bunch of players that have been put together on the pitch. It never looked like a team. But right now, the chemistry between the players, if you look at a left flank, it's, it's way more threatening than it ever was. Our midfield connects with our defence. Our attacks transition. They, they have been long balls that have been played through from Lindelof, if you remember the first leg. Uh, you know, uh, Lindelof played that ball through over the top to uh, Rashford, who scored the opening goal. Uh, I, I don't think that would have ever happened if we were playing under a different manager since Sir Alex, right? And that's that's exactly what it is. Like, it's it's no longer just one tactic. It's no longer go hoof ball or go wide and try to cross uh, like Liverpool do, like, you know, cross and inshallah. That's not our tactic. It's no longer just counter-attack. It's no longer just try to break down the low block. It's it's a mix of everything, you know, whatever, fit, whatever uh, you know, uh, size fits the bill. We go for that. Like we were no longer a single, uh, like you know, a unidirectional team. We we play to our strengths, but we also like you know improvise based on the situation. And that's Absolutely. the beauty of the game that Ole has brought to us. Absolutely. And talking about Ole, now we are into another Europa League uh, semi-final. What did you guys make of the quarter-final game, the second leg against Granada? A fairly straightforward victory. Uh, we were quite fortunate to have Cavani scored the first goal in six minutes. And uh, other than that, we just seemed to manage the game really well. We didn't need to uh, really force the agenda, push forward. We just had to play, get through the 90 minutes. And uh, getting the second goal was just like cherry on top. It was a very comfortable victory. And Pogba yeah, just played played one half and he was top of so many metrics. I mean, Casey, how, what do you make of Pogba's one half? I mean, uh, he he was... Yeah, exactly, right? Like, you know, after 45 minutes, like, he did more than uh, the other people who were on the pitch for 90 minutes. Honestly speaking, I would have rather seen, you know, Bruno being rested because it was more or less a done deal. But uh, eventually, he did come off. But then, like I said, you know, Pogba is looking like the player that he was supposed to be. Like, <laughs> the player that we thought we bought. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm really glad. Like, you know, we need more of those performances and we need them more consistently. It just can't be one in five games, one in four games. From someone like a Paul Pogba, you expect that to happen almost every single game, just like Bruno would do. Uh, Bruno has been doing for the last one and a half seasons. We expect Pogba to be at a similar because, honestly speaking, he is supposed to be that main creating force in the midfield, right? And Edinson Cavani was once again our savior. He was the one who, you know, opened the scoring for us. So, what do you guys think we should do? I mean, firstly, what do you guys think uh, his impact has been on the club? Because initially, people were not sure is he going to be another Falcao. Some were saying he's going to be another Ibra. I don't think he's been at the either extreme. I think he's been right in the middle. But what do you think we should... How, how do you think, firstly, how do you think uh, his impact has been? What has his impact been at the club? Like, yeah. the moment we yeah, bought him... Yeah, so, 
so the moment we bought him like i think uh, like majority of our fan base i was very skeptical because you know a player who hasn't played football or touched a ball in the last 10 months uh, probably a player who's you know way past his prime or you know in the uh, twilight of his career uh, who's never played in a you know a competition like the epl because he's played majority in the french league and uh, let's be honest let you know the physicality of the league doesn't quite suit up or match up to uh, the epl <clears throat> so i was pretty skeptical but you know the way ole phased him into the team and uh, you know slowly gradually integrated him with everyone uh, that that's been one major plus i'd say and on top of that i think the value that he's brought in and uh, if you, if you look at greenwood uh, you know honestly i think people would say that you know he's fallen off compared to his last season antics post lockdown where he was scoring goals for fun from anywhere but uh, off late i think greenwood has found his touch again and if if you notice the difference between greenwood of last season and greenwood of this season he's a lot more uh, you know uh, uh, composed on the ball he is a lot more of a finisher than he was last time round uh, because Cavani has given him like you know uh, playing with Cavani learning under learning with him uh, with uh, with someone of his experience it, what what it's done for someone like a Mason is that he's he's gotten to learn the intricacies of how to be that poacher how to be that uh, you know clinical finisher his positioning positional play has uh, you know improved bounds and leaps and you know honestly speaking i could not be happier if he would stay for the other season i think uh, from what reports i've read uh, it's it's not up to us to decide whether he wants to stay or uh, like whether we want him to stay or not i think the opposition is quite clear that we want him to stay uh, it's it's all about uh, whether or not kavani wants to continue staying at united so i think that's a call that he has to take yeah uh, i agree with kc uh, over uh kavani has been an incredible signing uh, on and off the pitch i think on the pitch he scored us nine goals with a couple of assists and off the pitch there's no doubt about his mentality the way he works at his age at 33 34 he's running 9 to 10 or 11 kilometers a game which is incredible like his commitment he's he's won so much in his career that it's easy to fall out of love with the sport but to see that he's he's at the club with the same hunger the same desire while he guides young young attackers like rashford greenwood marseal uh, overall i feel he's been an incredible signing and uh, as speaking about one of the things casey mentioned about greenwood on how he's improved his game how he's modded his game uh, taken it up a level uh, one of the things i noticed yesterday was you guys remember vandeby came on the pitch and uh, he crossed from the right wing where greenwood scored uh, had a header saved by the keeper uh, i feel that was one of the like that is an impact of having kavani at the club because if you look at the same action in slow motion greenwood was between two defenders and the moment he saw vandeby arrive at the right wing he took a couple of steps inward and he placed himself between the left uh, between the right back and the uh, right center back which is something he would have not done 12 months ago uh, so that's an impact of having kavani at the club uh, he tried to score a striker's goal like ole says 
So I feel things are only looking upwards for Greenwood if Cavani wants to stay for another year. But yeah, as Casey said, that it's not uh, in the in the hands of the club because the club definitely want him to stay. But he's still considering offers from elsewhere. I think Boca Juniors are also interested in him. So let me play devil's advocate here and say Cavani doesn't stay on. Wouldn't that be a good uh, move because then the club will finally wake up and invest that kind of money in a striker because we've been calling out for a big money striker for a long, long time. So don't you think that this is the window we can go go all out for a striker who's going to be at the club? Say for the next five or seven years. You know, Pranav, it's really scary because uh, I agree that we've had a need for having a big money of proven goal scorer on top, like somebody like Ibrahimovic in 2017. Uh, but the issues, the underlying issues at the club are like having an attacking player from the right side, something we haven't had since Nani, and. Uh, signing a defensive midfielder or a center back i just feel that if we were to sign a striker it would be more on the lines of signing somebody like uh, musa dembele or andre silva because they would be the 30 40 million strikers we would be able to afford because if we were interested in uh, jaden sancho or like rafael varan reports have been coming in the last couple of days i don't think that in this pandemic we would be able to afford a big money striker and sancho and who knows the top end center back will be very difficult to get three or four top players at the club so i would prefer having kavani but uh, if he was to leave it, i think we should be looking at somebody like andre silva because uh, i think sport one did a report in germany where his release cost is 30 million euros Not even pounds; it's just euros. So that could be a good gamble we could take if he wanted to leave. But I would still prefer Cavani staying for another year. Casey, what do you think we should do if Cavani doesn't stay on? I mean, that's a big if. It's going to hurt us big time. But I think uh, you know, uh, then we should probably prioritize getting a right winger over a striker at any given point. Uh, like you know, with my eyes closed, I'd say. Uh, You know, just buy Jadon Sancho or some other right winger who can put those balls into the box, because what it would do then is, you know, uh, I I never know what Martial does or you know how he plays when he wants to play, but uh, the honest to god opinion is that uh, it would give Mason a lot more chances at playing through the middle, and that's what we need. Uh, yes, we need a goal scoring. a uh, striker who's accomplished who's proven but i don't want to you know uh, buy another 22 year old or 25 year old who would be staying for the next 5 years and probably not allow mason to grow as much as he would and we've already seen what mason can do uh, uh, honestly if if uh, i had the luxury i would probably get someone similar to cavani unfortunately there is no one out there in the market you know maybe if lewandowski was supposed to leave uh, if he were to leave he would be a perfect signing maybe because he would only play for the next 3 2 3 years by that time mason would be you know perfectly ready to take up the goal scoring mantle at united but i really don't think or want to get a you know a big money striker uh, and prioritize that over the other areas that require a lot more attention I think the squad in itself with Rashford, Martial, Greenwood, uh, Bruno and Pogba have more than what it takes to you know uh, handle the goal scoring uh, threat. 
uh, it's it's more about the creating options like you know rashford and luke shaw creating from the left van bissaka really needs someone ahead of him to be able to provide that uh, you know goal scoring threat or rather that those assists those balls in that would allow our strikers and our center players to score more and you know thinking of this from kavani's perspective maybe if the club can tell him that okay we are going to be signing this right winger we are going to be signing this defensive midfielder we are going to sign this center back do you think that will maybe convince him to stay because if he looks at the team from when ole took over to now there's definitely a lot of progress so maybe if he's given that sort of guarantee and that assurance that yes things are going to be better and they are only going to benefit you do you think that might convince him to stay um honestly speaking i like you know we we really don't know what the sentiment behind uh, kavani taking so long to consider the offer that we placed on the table for him if we have placed an offer i'm not entirely sure uh, but the reason for him uh, i mean it, it could be that he mo- might want to move back home because if he's considering an offer from boca juniors he just he's just getting closer to you know uh, home right so if that's the reason that he wants to you know uh, go back then we probably can't do anything to keep him but if if the reason is that he needs more service then i'm pretty sure that uh, you know signing someone like jaden sancho who is a proper winger who would be able to provide those assists and who would draw those defenders away from the central areas like you know that's one thing that we've been lacking big time like you know you uh, rashford draws defenders to him to the left but there's nobody doing that on the right like you know bruno has to drift to the wide, uh, to the wide areas mason can do it but you know uh, it's it's very easy as of now to get the ball from mason because he's still very young he's still learning uh, so you know if you have someone like jaden sancho who knows how to dribble who knows how to put that sick ball into the box with someone like kavani who can you know get into the right areas and head those balls in or you know kick those balls in i think it makes a huge difference for someone like him what do you think about it yeah Tara? yeah i agree with kc there like uh, if the reason behind him leaving is to go home uh, then it's going to be very difficult to keep him here but uh, in general i feel in terms of the sporting project kavani would realize that united still do need a two to three years to potentially compete for let's say the champions league and the premier league it's not going to be enough for him to want to stay for a couple more years especially when he's seeing the likes of rashford and greenwood really taking up his minutes by the by the years uh, i i don't feel that success would be so important to him right now because he's won a lot in his career there's there's a lot of things that we need to think about he if he he wants to go back home then there's really nothing we can do to keep him here and success definitely isn't going to be the defining factor in his decision well that is true and i hope that i'm speaking on behalf of all united fans i think everyone would like him to stay at the club i don't think there'll be a single fan who would uh, tell you they don't want him but you know moving on from kavani and moving back to the premier league we face burnley on sunday so give me some predictions guys karan you are you were spot on your one for one right now so i want you calling <laughs> calling this game first uh united fans aren't going to like me here but i see a one all draw i see this would uh, probably overpowering lindelof in the air and uh, scoring a header i i do see a one all draw we have struggled after our european adventures uh 
we we were fortunate in the sense that Shaw, Maguire, and McTominay got rest. Pogba played one half. Bruno got his rest. Uh, Cavani got his rest in a sense. But, and Bissaka uh, got ten minutes of rest, which is a rare miracle. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it we have struggled after the Europa League games, and I do see Chris Wood pop out of nowhere or probably uh, withdraw. And I don't know if Barnes is fit, but they should be able to score a single goal. And I see a one-all draw there. And what do you think, Casey? Uh, I I might I think we might just nick out the game, like you know, honestly, because Burnley have historically been our Achilles heel, but off late their defense has not been up to the mark, uh, you know, where you would expect them to be. So uh, I I probably see them, you know, like I, I see us nicking out a two one, or you know, if they're clinical enough. If the right Pogba turns up on that day, I think we might even end up scoring three or four goals. But uh, as of now, the pragmatic me says two. Even I was going for a two-goal victory, but then listening to Karan now, my mind is kind of confused. So I think I'll go for a one-nil victory. I feel somehow we'll manage to keep a clean sheet, but it's not going to be a pretty watch, as it always is against Burnley. I think they're going to sit back, they're going to defend deep, and we'll probably need something special to find the back of the net. But let's hope that you know we pick up three points, and I think if we pick up three points. Second place, I would say, is almost ours. Like we'll have one one foot to the right direction, and because Leicester and West Ham uh, they faced each other last week, and West Ham won that, so they, you know, we've increased our lead over Leicester. So, do you guys think that uh, second place will be safe if we win, say, our next two games, or do you think we still need need to win more games? Yeah, two games should uh, seal the deal. I think there's seven points uh, clear of Leicester with yeah. eight games to go, and. Uh, Winning a couple of games, Burnley and uh, your beloved Leeds United in the next two games. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we could win these two games, we should be able to hold on. Because Leicester, uh, one of the things we are not thinking about is that their last three games are really difficult. I think if I'm not wrong, they're against City, Chelsea, and Spurs. If I I think uh, so. No, the three of the top. It's not City. It's us. Oh, okay. So, but they played three of the top six in the last three games, and uh, they're bound to slip up at some point. So, a couple of wins should seal second place. Oh, also, current fact check: uh, Tottenham are seven, so technically not top six. <laughs> <laughs> They'll probably be tenth by that time. <laughs> Casey, uh, what, do, what I, do you think? How many wins more do we need? I think uh, you know uh, it's it's. Fair enough to say a couple of wins should secure it because, uh, honestly speaking, the bigger threat I see is West Ham. They have a very very easy run in uh, for the last seven games. The toughest club they play is West Ham, but they play that at home, and we all know how Jesse Lingard performs when he's playing in London. So um, you know, uh, apart from that, the second like the biggest challenge they probably have is Everton. Everton have completely lost team of late. So yeah, I I think of the remaining seven games, I think only West Ham have the, you know, uh, clout to pick up maybe six wins if they do not, um, you know, lose team. Absolutely. Six wins without, six wins without Antonio Cresswell and Rice. That's bold. That's very bold. <laughs> but then it's West Ham, you know, and, uh, they they've they've done so much without. Uh, all 
of them like they've they've been winning their last games quite single hand like you know dominantly even the city game i think you know we, we all thought maybe west ham would nick in a draw right let's just and hope that... jesse lingard ends up scoring six winners and we end up straight swapping <laughs> him for rice <laughs> uh, and that would be the dream right okay i think that will be all for this episode you know thank you guys for joining me any last words now uh, always a pleasure being here can't wait for the fourth fifth or sixth episodes <laughs> that's if you invite me again but yeah overall it's been great and kesi yeah, how was I mean, your debut experience on the podcast thanks very good uh, you know i was hoping a couple of other people might also join in <laughs> but uh, it's, it's always uh like you know in in some cases it's not the more the merrier it's it's better to have a sane discussion and like you know it's, it's always a pleasure to have a proper footballing discussion where nobody is fanboying over one uh, or uh, trying to say ole out uh, over the course of the you know call absolutely and you know before uh, i sign off i would just like to request everyone to you know follow us on instagram at shambles united podcast and also on twitter at shambles united and apart from you know regular podcast updates we also post updates about man united we discuss transfers we discuss lineups we discuss everything about man united so please give us a follow and thank you for hearing thank you for listening to us and hope to see you all soon bye bye